are you ready this morning for the word? Hallelujah. Now, you know, I was born on a long weekend, so I don't have a watch. I left home. Do I have my teeth in? I have my false teeth. I forgot my watch, my everything. They had to bring me a Bible. I preached in the 8 o'clock service of notes that I, luckily I wrote the scriptures down. But um, let's get in the word. Now, for the whole of October, we are speaking on the title ownership. Somebody say ownership. Who of you ever made a mistake in your life? I made many mistakes. And I have discovered in my short life, with all the mistakes we have made, something was came short. Now we need to discover what ownership means. If you're the owner of nobody loves his husband or his wife, and uh, he let him or her have five other men or women on the side and he just come home to make a baby and then he's off for the next 10 months and then he comes back. Would you be interested in a, a marriage like that? Oh, some of the ladies said, yeah, I wish I wanted to pack his bags and go. No, no, no. You, you see, because you feel there's a responsibility when you have, when you love. Now, to understand how God thinks. You say, you know how God thinks? Yes, because I have his word. And I want to help you because the devil doesn't fear a depressed church. That's why we cannot do church just sing three kumbayas and two uh, snoopy songs uh, or amazing grape cells sweet and round. The church of Jesus must be a church of impact. God called you to be a world changer, a history maker, a planet shaker on the face of the earth. I said to the pharmacist Thursday, I said, I refuse to live a life of just being an oxygen thief. Just go through life and just breathe and eat and go to the bathroom. I refuse. I want to see life change impact that I believe in people and the people sitting in this building this morning and listening and wherever you are all over the world you are people of impact the problem is that we have in our lives is not the devil The problem in our lives is a Hosea chapter 4-6. Because of a lack of knowledge. Did you read anything about the devil, fallen angels, your mother-in-law in that scripture? No. Did you read the president's name? No. What you don't know can harm you. My mother-in-law went to the doctor, and the doctor gave her prescription. And in the prescription, it says suppositories. Now, you know, where we grew up, we didn't know what it is. I hope you know what it is. So she took it with hot milk here. 
And then she keeps on phoning the doctor because she didn't read the detail. And then she said, that stuff you gave me didn't work because I swallow it and I get nauseous. He said, it's not supposed to go in here. Now, most of us in life, life slaps you, kicks you, trample on you, and you feel you have lost the battle. Now, I would never want you to be in that position. We read some information, but we miss some stuff. I've been reading the Bible my whole life. Came out of a family that everybody's preachers in the Dutch reform and and uh, then my dad rebelled at a time and he started preaching for the new apostolics. So we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Every day we know there's no excuse. You can cough, sneeze, have diarrhea and have big accidents when you cough. And uh, break marks everywhere. Now you will not understand what I just said now. And, uh, but you go to church and then I discover... I'm lost. Now, years ago, it was fashion. All the pastors perm their hair. Now, you know, I don't have thick hair. I've got this thin hair because Tossie, whenever she's bored, she grabs clippers or that clippers, and then she cuts my hair. I look like Kojak. I was discovered long before Kojak came out. Now, some of you, if you know who Kojak is, you're really old. Jesus have mercy. And uh, so, Mary Swart, they live in Klopmitz. And uh, she came to your home on a Friday and she said, you look so bored. You really look like an old Pentecostal preacher. Let's get you more. Yep. I said, how? Because remember, I was so religious, you could voodoo with me. She said, we're going to perm your hair. Now, I am, can take a challenge. And I said, let's do it. But I didn't know about perms and what they do. So she had a bag full of, I call it wishbones of a chicken. Small little things with an elastic. And she start here and here and a little paper. And then she pours something on. It sticks. Man, no flea can live on your head with that stuff. Not a roach even. And I said, says, Mari, this stinks. She said, that's part of the process. It's painful to be beautiful. So after a while, I said, can, can you take this off my head? She said, well, we need another 10 or 20 minutes. I said, please. After 10 minutes, I said, I said, just take this junk off my head. So she started unscrewing the stuff, and she said, don't look in the mirror now. Now then I knew there was trouble in paradise. And, uh, you know, I've got another thing, another gift, curiosity. Don't tell me a story and say, he said, she, I'll nag you until I know who's he or she. Uh, that's, that's how I am. Don't tell me a story halfway and say, oh, I'm not going to tell you any longer. I will work a way out to find out what you meant. And uh, I should have been a detective. 
And the next thing that happened, dear Jesus, I felt it was judgment day. Have you ever seen a ballpoint pen with springs, that little springs? And when I look in the mirror, I had hardly no hair on my head. You could see I was family of the minister Zuma, not the express, the minister. Here, 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 here. There was, it like, looks like ballpoint springs. I said, Sis Mari, in the name of Jesus, I need to go and get some pastors tomorrow at the train station. There's no way I'm going like this. Now, I never wear a hat or a little thingy. And uh, I said, what can fix it? I said, I remember Mariham that worked in our home. She had something, I don't know what it is, it's called Wella. She said, oh, Wella, straight. I said, blow them cookie, here I come. So that's the old shop here in Old Paul Road. I put a little knitted thing on my head, and I went there. And I stood there and I said, sir, there's a product that I need. I said, the name starts with Wella. And he looked at me, because you know I'm not white, and he said, you don't need that. And I lift that thing. He said, no, surely you need that. And I said, can you explain to me, because I know Auntie Mari doesn't know how I'm going to use this to get this thing straight up. And he said, uh, for three minutes or something, so he put 3.00, but when he made the point, I forgot about that, and the pen was not writing because it was just on a piece of paper. So I rushed back home. I said, says, Mari, heaven opened. I have the solution. I've got Auntie Wella with me. So she puts Wella on, and she said, how long? I said, let me see the paper. I said, 30 minutes. So after 20 minutes, my skull was burning. I feel like climbing through the wall. And I said, you better wash off. I don't care for 30 minutes. Just wash the stuff off. I said, oh, Jesus. And when that stuff was off my head, have you ever bought a coconut? The hair on the outside. My hair stood like coconut. I said, judgment day is on me. God, I promise I repent for using perm and Auntie Wella. They're really from the devil. And do something with Auntie Mari's hands that she's going to use it somewhere else, but keep it away from me. Because now my hair was standing like this. And he, I promise you, it's as hard as coconut. The problem is, I was reading the wrong information, and now I have a coconut head. Most people, this coconut brings you in trouble. What you don't know can harm you. Now, we go through life with not identifying 
three things. Your identity, your purpose, and your time. If some of us add 10 years to our lives, you'll be shocked what age are you. I'll be then 10 years, I'm 38 now, I'll be 48. And uh, that's quite an age, you know. And, uh, but what you have discovered, God made us to understand you don't belong to yourself. Of all the things he created, he only gave mankind the power of choice. You hear not because I put a gun to your head and arranged the American gang to come and hit your kneecaps off. I made an invitation, or you're part of this uh, family, and you've been coming. It's an automatic thing. Help me. You made the choice. Oh, and we're glad Altasia, she traveled, uh, she and Kevin came the farthest. He came from the UCT side, and she came from Bloberg, the blow from Bloberg. And at the end of the day, it's the choices I make in life that determine where I'm going to end. Now, here the Bible comes and tells us truth. And that truth is going to help you to understand you're not on the face of the earth, an accident to happen. You hear you were designed by God. Now, when you stand in the mirror and you look at you and you think, dear Jesus, if I can change my nose. One time I said, this window shopping nose. And I said, I'm going to go for an operation. I want another nose. So somebody heard that in the church and they did a computer thing and sent me with a long nose. I said, no, thank you. It looks like Pinocchio. I'd rather stand with this window shopping. Then I said, I want to shave off all my hair. Now look how handsome Shokat and our brother and some of you look without hair. Now don't worry, hair doesn't grow on brains. And then Adrian that's here, other Adrian Duplessis, he went and computer me without heads, without hair. You know the Adams family. I look like Uncle Festus. I said, Lord, deliver me from that thought ever again in my life. Because Viana and myself were in Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, Puerto Rico. And in uh, overseas. And we went to cut our hair. And I said, Vian, uh, my son-in-law, I said, let's cut off all our hairs. And I asked the lady, I said, she said, you're going to look. I said, no, 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 don't, no, I don't care to get old. I don't just want to be ugly. I said, cut it like I used to wear my hair. Because, you see, all of us have something that we want to trip over. But what you need to make out for yourself, you were designed in the likeness and in the image of God. When God says in Genesis, 
Let us make man in our likeness and in our image. First God said, I'm going to make you like us, that you will have our character, our personality, our ability, and our potential. Is that true? Second thing he says, then what I'm going to do, that's God speaking now. He says, I'll make you in our image. Now we know the story. He put them in the garden and, and Eve was bored. She missed the word that God spoke over Adam and Eve. And then there was a snake. And he said, he twists the truth. Did God say? He said, no, no, that's not what God said. God said, we can eat up all these trees except this one. And then he said, you know why? God is afraid you're going to discover you are like him. And they trigger Eve and like women are. You know, we were driving to Kayla's wedding and the children's mother sits in the front seat and Ronsal and JJ at the back. And because, you know, she's in a wheelchair and she uh, short her memory is wiped out. She talked nonstop. And later on said, Nikki, a man only have 1,500 words a day. You've spoken 3,500. I don't have anything to say. Because now I know it's up to Hans by and now back again. I was driving some places 140 kilometers just to get out of this because I have no words and she keeps on. You know, I said, man, that's why I know that God created women different. Now, you know, I can talk a lot, but Nikki beats me. And uh, at the end of the day, when, she, when uh, we unload her with the nurse out of the car, I said, sure, I'm more tired than ever because this was quite interesting. Now, I'm just teasing, but this is true. You know, this is the thing that you need to understand. God designed you, and Eve messed up, and she convinced Adam, and, and then they're in trouble. Now, God came to visit them as the, it happened, the pattern was. He discovered, now this is the truth you need to discover. Adam and Eve was not at the spot where God normally met with them. And he said, first question ever asked on the face of the earth is, where are you? Where are you this morning in your life? Are you in a defeated situation? That life was not fair to you. That life kick and knock you. There's a man here. He's got a testimony that I said we're going to put him on television. When he shared his story, I came home and I said, Phew. I thought I have a story. But Colin's got a testimony like, Peter can tell you he was supposed to be that day in that meeting when the PAC threw the hand grenades in Frank Retief's church in St. James. There's stories sitting in this building today that's greater than anything because of your design and your purpose. Now listen, what you need to discover, God gave you the power to make that choice. Otherwise, we go through life and we, we are people of habit who know we have a habit. I always ask people, I like the toilet paper to go under. 
I come to your home and the toilet paper is over, I take it out, turn the thing over. Because a lot of people like the over thing. I like to roll my socks. Some of you like to fold your socks. Some of you don't wear your socks. You're lucky. Now we people of habit. I cannot drink coffee with cold milk all my life. Why? It tastes like castor oil. I need hot boiling milk. And if I don't find hot milk, I say, is there anybody that's breastfeeding? Now, don't worry, I don't say any bad thing. Because I need hot milk in coffee. When the Joy magazine did a write-up about me, they said he's supposed to be, he preached, but he's actually a comedian. And I said, am I so funny? Some children cry when they see me. I said, why? If I was, now, here's the key word. Then God spoke to Adam and Eve and said, who told you you're naked? And because you disobey this, you need to leave the garden. You see, the devil doesn't like you in the original intent what you were created for and planned for. Because now we go through life with the title Christian. But Christian is so watered down. The word Christian means to be Christ-like. That's why my gift can work against me. The anointing is not enough. I need to follow the principle of the word. Jesus didn't say, because you're that Lofdal, because you're now a Christian, because you confess about God. He didn't say that. Now everybody's going to know. No. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have. Ah, you said it first. You're too late with your yes. Now please, I don't pay people to say anything. I just, I don't know whose money I'm giving away again this morning. God helps you. And uh, <laughs> by your love, we will be known how we love you. Love that. Whose wedding bells is that? It's mine. I'm getting married. Listen. is that? Okay, let's go on. That's what we call a distraction. See, on the right time. Because there's six things that the enemy wants you to drift away. We can be busy with God's things. But are we really busy with the God of the things? Now, Paul comes. He spoke to us in the book of Corinthians. And Paul says the next thing that's going to help you. Now, please remember, says Jean, have the school going. Is it next, this coming Tuesday? Yeah, this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. Prophetic school and deliverance, spiritual cleansing. She washed you with handy Andy. So, the scripture, the scripture now, who think Christianity is boring? Make this statement with me this morning. Say it. Say, devil, I've changed just my mind. 
that's going to help you to understand, to get rid of all the negativity and every negative influence that the enemy wants to release over your life. 1 Corinthians 6.20. Listen what he says this morning. I want to help you. Your life is too valuable. That's why you need to understand your identity, who you are, whom you are, and what's your purpose. Oh, I'm called to be a doctor, and I'm called to be a preacher, I'm called to be the president, I'm called to be uh, a lawyer, I'm called to be a motor mechanic, I'm calling to be a builder. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. That's just your part-time job. Your full-time job you need to discover on the face of the earth. And this is what Paul tells us. 1 Corinthians chapter number, what did we say, 6, 20. 19 says, do you not know? Now, this letter was written to Christians. He said, do you not know? <laughs> he says that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. Say, God lives in me by the power of his spirit. That's why John had this revelation. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You see, you need, until information becomes a revelation, you will remain in re information. You need to discover who you are. Thank you. Who's doing this? Where were you in the 8 o'clock service? I was reading blanks. He says, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who, who what? Lives within you. So where does God live? Inside of me. Yeah, you see, that's where a lot of people struggle. He says, whom you have received as a gift from God, you are not your own. Turn to somebody say, oh, my word, you don't belong to yourself. See, we, we live in a generation, and that's the good thing about the lockdown. You need to discover for whom or what you are living on the face of the earth. You cannot live for yourself because you don't belong. If you say you know God, you don't belong to yourself. He says, you were bought with a price. Purchase. Oh, my word. That's a financial term that the Bible used there. And I use it one time here. You go to Spar, to Woolworths. Uh, I'm amazed. Some people don't shop at Pick and Pay. And, uh, or... They go to A.C. Kerman's, that's Ackerman's. And, and you pack the trolley full of groceries. You walk in the store, you can eat anything and drink anything. It's not yours yet. When you get to the cashier, she pushes it through and then she gives you a total. You exchange what you took off the shelves in a trolley. They pack it in a bag to take that stuff outside of the supermarket. You need to purchase it, redeem it. And this is what scripture means. He says, you were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for. Listen, for made his own. So then, honor God and bring Him glory. One translation says, you don't belong to yourself, you belong now to God. You are His precious possession. Ownership. Ownership. 
That's why I need my footsteps to be ordered by the Lord. I need to be led by the Spirit within me. A lot of people wait for God now to manifest himself. And now, well, can. He's all known. He's, he's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's the only one that is like that. But he lives inside of you because Christ redeemed you. He purchased you. A Genesis 3 prophecy came in fulfillment. The seed of the woman will, will crush your head. He's going to bite you on the heel, but don't worry. You're going to crush his head. So the devil's got brain damage. He walks around like a roaring lion. He works with the speed of a thought. He plants a thought in your mind, and then he wants you to follow that thought because you understand the principle. He who controls the mind controls your life. Now, this is the key word. Ownership, character. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2.10, Paul comes again. Now he tells me a deeper story about, because remember, my identity. It's amazing how somebody can make a remark about you and you shrink of pain. I told you a guy came to gossip to me about me and he didn't know it was me. And he told me the most horrific stories about me that I didn't know, the devil didn't know, or God didn't know it. And after he spoke a while, I said, man, that Gustav is a terrible person. Then he goes on and he puts more petrol on the fire. I never defend myself. Two years went by, his grandmother died. But he... he Hurt, a doctor, Gustav de Toy is going to do the thing. So he couldn't get that one with the one that he spoke that date about. So the coffin in front and, and the conference center there. And when I got on the platform, he immediately developed hemorrhoids. He couldn't sit still. He's from this side. He's then white in the face, then red. You could see, I thought, buddy, today I'll torment you. I'll drag this. You're going to listen to me for an hour. I'm going to drag this funeral out. And I did. He's got nothing to do with grandma in the coffin. He's tormented with me. So after the service, he said, why didn't you tell me that day it was you? I said, no, you wouldn't believe me. I don't defend myself. I said, but it hurts. Somebody say, it can hurt. Now that's the thing, what we need to discover. Because as you go through life, you go through a divorce. Rejection is there. You go through pain. People die on you. And, and people do you wrong. And it brings pain. Who likes pain? I saw you raise your hand. You're kinky. Nobody likes pain. Because pain hurts. Pain puts you in a dimension of self-doubt. 
you doubt yourself. You doubt every person around you. You doubt motives. You doubt, I know I was there. Every time when somebody says something, I think, what's the reason you say this? I had to get free of that because it's bondage at the end. Now, here Paul tells us the story. He says in Ephesians, now in chapter 1 he speaks about you were called. Say, I am called. Now, you are called by God, designed by God. Not the devil, not by whoever. God put you on the face of the earth that you can understand the only way how you can make it what you were designed for is to acknowledge you belong to him. Ownership. Ownership. Now, he says in Ephesians 2.10, he says, for we are God's own handwork. <laughs> Turn to somebody say, God never makes a mistake. You unique, you phenomenal. Is that Casey sitting there? No, not the American guy. Okay. He says, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew. For what? That I can just go to heaven? Nope. I know Gogo. No. So that we may do, read with me, those good works, good works, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths, that means direction, the will of God, the purpose of God, which he prepared ahead of time, that we should just read them, just, just think about them, just sleep about them. No, that we should walk, say walk in them, say action, say a doer of the word. He says, living the good life, that word good means also the great life. Good is the greatest enemy to great. God didn't only created you to be good, he created you to be great. That's why you cannot live in survival mode or just existing or just successful. God wants you to be significant, successful, that you will change atmospheres wherever you go. He says, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us, come on somebody, to live. Until you live that, you will just cruise through life and many times drift away from what God has designed you. Somebody give me time. Time. Six signs, warning signs in life of drifting away from your original intent and why God saved you, called you, redeemed you, purchased you, paid the highest price possible that you can think about. Listen, number one, you lose focus. You're not focusing on of what you are here for. God called you to do the works that Jesus did in John. He says, and greater works. 
just John 20, uh, 21. Just as my father has sent me, I sent you. Now I said that we need to find out what's that just. And I'm giving you the just. You were called to impact the world. The future of this nation and the nations of the world is not, and there's politicians in this church, is not in the politicians. They don't have all the answers. The solution of a nation and the world sits with God's people that know why they were designed. They're not their own. There's an ownership over them who has only good intentions. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I have. So God is thinking about you continually. The thoughts not to harm you, but to prosper you. Now, is that God speaking? God said, I have no evil that I think about you. People say, God stripped me. He doesn't strip me. God took it away. He doesn't. It's a choice I make. That's an old kind of Pentecostal religion mindset. The one thing that Nikki never forget, and Brother Leon will enjoy this, she said, you're the one that always made my hair in a bun. <laughs> because, you know, we came out of the Lord so she had a bun. Long dresses. Don't shave arm hair. The arm hair grew out here. And we thought that was holy. When I got delivered from that mindset years ago, I discovered, man, to serve God, there's a freedom. It's not a you must, it's I will. I will. If I love God, I want to do what he wants me to do. It's a loss of focus. It's a loss of priorities. This is where the testing is. Your hobbies. Your, your appointments, your family, your people can keep you so busy that you miss the most important appointments in life. You lose priority. Second one, the third one, a loss of passion. Are you passionate? Anything you do out of passion becomes a false. Passion takes the effort out of the process. You are in a process. If, if if God calls Abraham, Abraham, Genesis 26, he says, here I am. <laughs> and God gave him instruction, go and sacrifice your son, the one that you love. He didn't argue with God and say, hey, I need five Googles, ten confirmations, ten rainbows. And let Orange the cat walk past me, then I will know. No. He immediately responded to the voice of God. That's what God is expecting us to do. To respond to his voice, to his leading. Because nobody can do what God has designed you to do. I don't want to end my life. And then God said, well, Toy, this is what I actually had in mind. But you messed up. You were more concerned about what you want and what you desire and your time and your idea and your purposes than my plans of purpose for your life. Purpose for your life. 
It's a loss of discipline. Uh, I remember when I was practicing to run for the Olympics with a torch. I had to jog every morning there up the hills. And when that was over, I thought, okay, I'll try it again. Then I procrastinate, and a week later I said, I tried it. I said, oh, no, I, I don't want to do it. And then my chest became my chest of drawers. Come on. Because I lost discipline. How many of you promised God on the 31st of December, I'm not going to smoke, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to eat chocolates or cream cake. And I'm going to be a phenomenal person, child of God. After three days, you are in January the 3rd. Somebody said, why is the ants walking to your closet? Because you've hired some chocolates there. You see, this is the things that we need. You lose discipline. And to serve God costs discipline because there's so many. You have three enemies, and we spoke about that three enemies. Did somebody give me the time? Oh, I'm landing. Did we start at 1030? I'm landing. You have the world around you. Satan direct against you. But your biggest enemy is the fight in you. And I'm closing with a scripture in me. You can get your communion in your hand. It says in verse 10, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, musicians come, to do what? That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned before us, of taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged, and made ready for us to live. A loss of focus, a loss of priorities, a loss of passion, a loss of discipline, a loss of commitment, and a loss of emotions. We start functioning by what I feel, by what I see, and not by what the instruction manual of life, the Bible tells me. Now, Drifting will take you away from God's original plan. You and I need to come to the place where you realize I don't belong to myself. I was redeemed. I was purchased with somebody that loved me more than any person can ever love me. Said in the 8 o'clock service, there was a time in my love, my life, that I loved a person more than God. That day when that person walked away, my whole life collapsed. I was depressed, oppressed, compressed. I was in another press, all kinds of presses. And then I discover, I must love God more than him. Money is never evil. It's the love people have for money. When I love money more than anything, sir, we're glad you're here. When was the last time you took her out for lunch? Take her out today. 
see the thirst, take it. Don't eat steak. You can eat halal pork also. Yes, Brother Shilkit here will laugh about that after. Turn this morning. It's to come back in the alignment for your assignment. Now, Gustav, I know all this. Knowing never changed anybody. There was a time and a day in my life when I thought I know it all. And then I discovered I don't know. I know theory. I know head knowledge. But I need to know a heart. A man came to Jesus and he was an attorney. And he said, great master, what is the greatest commandment? And then Jesus gave him, how do people know that you are God's possession and belong to yourself? He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. It's a heart issue. That's why religion cannot do it. It's a heart issue. All of your heart means I cannot add things and say, okay, God, I'll give you 10% of my life and I'll just love you on Sunday mornings. Now he said, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your, your whole soul and, and we know the soul and the mind and then he says, with all of your strength, action. That's why we serve a God that said, it's doable. It's doable. It's doable. This Friday night, the first and second generation is going to be here of the Jesus disciples. And uh, it's doable. You can do it. I gave you authority over the plan of the enemy, over the power of the devil. You need to exercise it. Do it. I know when a man pulled out a pistol and he put it, I was three times nearly assassin. Now when I tell my stories, it sounds like, Phew, I don't want to be around you. No, that's true. But when he pulled the trigger, I know I'm going to be gone. We were on the border of Swaziland. I was the minister there in a town called Pitratif. This man was demon-possessed. But I also saw how the power of God worked. I couldn't get a word out, but I started saying the blood of Jesus. And a lady jumped on me. And the shot went off. Man pulled out R4. Army gun. And he said, I'm going to kill you. Saw what the power. They poisoned me in Korea. Flew back at a time and then Lonsell phoned me she said daddy don't come back in the country somebody went and I don't want to get all the detail in my office some of you know the story your name was on top of the hit list they're going to kill you and I said if I stay here it's going to be dangerous now who put this in my pocket for what <laughs> I didn't put it in there 
know to whom I belong. To make this decision this morning is to say, God, I'm going to take communion. Now, maybe you've never gave your heart to the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and say, this stuff, life slapped me so much. I'm so disappointed. It's okay. You just need to make that change in your mind. A decision will put you in dimensions that have never been in before. Whoever thought that out of Kreifontein, well, we put this part of South Africa, South Africa on the map by changing so many nations came to us that we don't even know exist. Through one decision, I had to understand I'm not my own. Ownership. Say ownership. Everything God gives you, He's still the owner. You're just the manager. Money to me is a tool. Cars, houses, land. I gave property away here in Cryfontein years ago. That's where Peter Pay is built now and all these. A few years ago, that same property that I gave away, that same people came to me and wanted to sell it to me for 17 million. I gave it away to them. And everybody said, aren't you? I said, no, it's tools. This morning, because you have a symbol here that tells you the power doesn't lie in the bread or in the symbol of the blood, the wine. Whoever thought we will have in a plastic bag with a paper clip or a clip one and Tupperware. And this is the symbol. God, I hand over to you. Jesus went to the cross. He paid all our sin that we did. What we ever going to do, all mistakes, all our sickness, all our diseases. I sat in a doctor's room and he told me I'm going to die. Some of you know in 2003, the next week. And that Sunday at the big auditorium, LWPC, God healed me. Instant. I never went back until Mr. Tabo Becky was the president until they phoned me and say, I've nominated you to run for South Africa for the Olympics. And then I went back to the doctor. I was healed. Bitten four times on two occasions by Brother Cruz spiders. Now people die of that. Eat away your flesh. And I sat in the revival two, three years ago, not in this facility, Al, the other one. On the platform, God healed me instantly. That night we saw miracles happen because he paid it all. I can give you one word. He loves you. Loves you more. He will never disappoint me. You've got a promise from him. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But to fulfill your life mission starts with it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who lives in and through me. It wasn't that night. 
when Jesus was betrayed that he took the bread and he broke it he broke it he gave his life for you so that you might have life and have that life in such abundance that you can experience this life on the face of the earth whatever life does to you doesn't matter and uh, open your little baggie that's just government requirements and give somebody a jar of cream here am I here is hunger She's really hungry. <laughs> Open this and give her a hundred bucks. And she can buy a hamburger. Paid for you. He said, this is my body. Take it. As often as you eat this, remember my death. I paid for you. I gave you life so that you might have it and have it more in abundance and that you can live. Don't worry, my hands are clean. I hope so. <laughs> Just open this for me, please. And then he said, take the cup, the symbol of the blood. You do it this morning to say, God, I don't belong to myself. I hand over this morning. This is not a ritual. It's an instruction out of the Bible. Here, Dorman. Say, this is my cup. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember what I've done for you. You're the person in this building this morning that says, Joy, I give him back his ownership. I give myself away because that he can use you to change the world. For this whole month, I'm going to speak on the keys and can I help you? So I lay a foundation. You must realize you don't belong to yourself. I cannot just live my life as I want it. I can live it as he has planned and pre-planned. If that's you, will you all stand with me, please? Father, I thank you right over this audience. Somebody can just come and take a picture from that side while people are standing this morning. All over this place this morning that people say, God, no longer my will, but your will be done. I hand back my everything. Because you love me so much with an unconditional love. God, you love me with all my shortcomings, all my mistakes. But I hand over my ownership to you and because I belong to you, everything I own is yours. It's a kingdom principle. And I know how more I give my time, my words, my energy, my life, my, 
I'm a doer of the word. Now more your word will manifest in my life. Not only a 30, a 60, or a hundredfold, but a thousand times more. And I thank you right now. Say, Lord Jesus, everybody here, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning just as I am. I acknowledge that I need the Lord. And Jesus, your word says, if I believe with my heart, confess with my mouth, I will be saved. Father, save me. That's for those that we pray with you that didn't accept Jesus, that you want to do it this morning. Free will. I ex Lord, thank you that you make me a new creature, that you make me your own. And from this day on, I will serve you. My life, my time, my everything is no longer mine. It's all yours. In the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Amen. Because you took part on the body, say, by his stripes I've been healed and made whole. Sickness, you have no authority over me. Oh, my word, you have no dominion over my life. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. Oh, my lungs, my liver, my kidneys, my everything operate. And coronavirus, you have no authority over me, and there will not be a second wave in the mighty name of Jesus, because as a voice, we speak it right now. In Jesus' name, the living Christ. Hallelujah. Say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in, through Christ Jesus in glory. Hallelujah. My needs are met. I'm out of debt. There's plenty more to put in store. I will never have another broke day in my life again in Jesus' name. Do you believe it this morning? If you believe it, give a shout of victory. Give a shout of victory. Give a shout of victory. Give a shout of victory this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ, we thank you right now, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you to your viewers. From wherever you are tuned in, send us your prayer request and let us know. And there will be information on the screen until tonight at 6 p.m. God bless you. Somebody just come and pray. Shokat, come and pray.